Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. I'm back at it for another week. Um, over to the right is my guy, Country. Um, I know it's, it's a little different right now. Boogie, he's been a traveling fool <laughs> lately. <laughs> so hopefully he'll be on later on. If not, hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, we got a special guest later on tonight. You know, he's a former chief. Um, he'll hop on later on. Uh, he's currently running behind. But in the meantime, while it's just us two, on the, on the set, you know how you doing this evening, my guy? Yeah, y'all was making fun of my hat, so I went and bought a new hat. New, you know, it's fresh off the press. I don't even know what it is, but it's newer, you know. So yeah, it's yeah, they was making fun of my hat. I, <laughs> yeah, you got the Independence Day joint. I'm like, it's not even July yet, but I guess country's eager for that. You gotta be ahead of the curve, bro. You gotta get it first. So now when somebody wear this hat. They say, well, country had it first. <laughs> straight up, straight <laughs> up. Yeah, country wasn't playing around with y'all this time. You came with that fire, so. But Yeah, um, it was expensive, too. But anyway, man, to kick things off this evening, man, let's go ahead and talk about the Madden 22 cover. That's the big news. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, two quarterbacks that was that participated in Super Bowl 55. Uh, they they did a cover together for this year's game on for Madden 22. They called it the MVP edition. So, country, I'm gonna ask you this, man. Um, what you think about Patrick Mahomes getting the second Madden cover already and doing it with uh, the opponent he lost to? Yeah, that that's a uh, historic. Like, uh, I think they're the only two guys that ever had two covers. So, I mean, it's just showing you Pat is the face of the league, bro. Like, it, it really is. Like, he's he is the NFL. He's so. I seen uh did you see that tweet about comparing him and Brady's first four season? Did you uh, see that? No, I missed that one. The number's pretty yeah. identical. Well, Pat is pretty much on pace to surpass everything he's did, except the Super Bowls, but we we gonna get there, you know what I'm saying? So I mean it's just historical, like and, and we got our and he's on our team, so how could you be mad about it? Even though people mad about the game and I don't like the game. You don't like the game. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? But I'll copy just because Pat on the cover. 
<laughs> and take it to St. Joe with me and try to get it signed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure plenty of Chiefs fans going to do that this offseason. You know, um, that's if the game comes out, you know, during training camp. I don't know. Like, the game might be coming out a little bit after that. Who knows? But maybe uh, the following year you could come up with that idea and to have them sign the cover. So, because I, uh, I know some Chiefs fans, they – They've got their cover stored, stored somewhere in their shelves, and they ain't even played the game. They just wanted to buy the game just because Patrick Mahomes is on the cover. So that's how big he is in this town. But uh, but but I was but 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 like Country said, you know Madden. I used to like Madden. I mean, it was fun, like when it was second gen, but. The next gen, I still played it and everything, but it just got to a point where it's just not fun for me anymore. But, you know, people are still going to play it. They're still going to buy it. So it is what it is. Only thing I don't like about video games now is you got to put so much money into playing them. But besides that, I mean, if it's entertaining to you, it's entertaining to you. I'm not going to criticize you for buying the game like because – I'm going to buy it. I didn't buy the last one. I didn't buy the last two, I think. Matter of fact. So, I mean, I just got really heavy in the 2K, but uh, I'm going to cop this one, and, and then we'll play it. If I don't want to play it, then I don't want to play it. You know what I'm saying? So, we'll just see how it go. And Brian B. Shine tried to come at me, man. Everyone knows Brian B. Shine was a guest on He tried to come at me uh, yesterday. Cause I said it was the same game and I was laughing. And he was like, he was like, you mad cause you sorry on, on the game? I'm like, bro, you're not even about that. I just don't think the game's that fun anymore to me. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be honest. You you sorry at the game, bro. You, you're not good. You're not good. Don't, don't be boosty. Don't be boosty on this show tonight, bro. I never played you, so I don't know. I mean, some people, that is their problem. I don't think they're really good at the game. So they be mad at it. Some people, or into the development and the the all that IT stuff, you know what I'm saying? And that's cool, you know what I'm saying? If you don't want to buy the game, don't buy the game. Like, don't spend sixty dollars on something that you don't like. Right. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Like, and um, I still haven't bought um, I still haven't bought a PS5 or an Xbox Xbox Series One, you know, because I feel like video games are going backwards to me these days, you know. So I pre-ordered a PlayStation 5 in December and I still ain't got it. So I don't even want to talk about PS5s. <laughs> that's that's the thing with COVID, man. Like with the pandemic, like shipping and stuff, like it takes longer, you know, at least for those video game systems, because I think they make like a certain amount and then like I guess like depending on when you bought it or whatever, you're just gonna be waiting a minute. You know what I mean? So it's all about supply and demand. I mean, the, the the more rare it is, the more people want it. So they're willing to play. Like if you had a PlayStation 5 right now, it's it's like a strong conversation of do I keep it or should I sell this mug for like and make $250? I could sell it for eight if I pay five or six or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I mean it is what it is. Yep. And uh, but um, just to wrap this, to wrap the wrap this topic up, you know, um, shout out to Patrick Mahomes, man. Uh, like Country said, new face of the league, and um, maybe maybe we'll get a rematch this year. Maybe the cover's telling us something. Might get that rematch in L.A. You never know. Got yeah. injuries and all that. So 
And if you believe in conspiracies, it should be on us to win this time because Tom going to be going out. Respect to Tom Brady. He is what he is. He won seven. If they make it back and Kansas City make it back, it's a rematch. That would probably be the best game that they, they could have because there's so many storylines attached to that. You know what I'm saying? So if you believe in conspiracy theories, sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. Uh, they probably owe us one. So. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Because I said, I said the same thing. I said, let's see how they do away from their home field. Because they just they had, did play at their home stadium, didn't they? Yeah. That's they crazy. had perfect circumstances when they played the Super Bowl. So, but but anyway, let's get on to the next next subject. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Le'Veon Bell real quick. Le'Veon, you know, we seen that Andy Reid he came out with class in response to how Le'Veon was reacting to. You know how things went on with the Chiefs organization allegedly may be true. I don't know, but uh, Andy Reid said um, he, he he's rooting for Le'Veon. You know he hopes he get he gets another job. Um, you know somewhere of that nature. And Le'Veon Bell was like, it's, "That's all cap." <laughs> you know what I mean? Saying Andy Reid would lie about something about that, and it's like this is the first player I have heard. You know whether it's from the Chiefs or the Eagles. Say anything negative about Andy Reid and Le'Veon just keep egging it on and egging on. I'm, I'm like, at this point, I'm just like, Le'Veon, you just need to worry about getting another job, bro. Like, you just need to pay at this point. Of course, Andy took the high road. He was always going to take the high road. So he wasn't going to come out and say, oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, bro, he was trash. He, he's never going to say anything like that. So it's just going to make you look stupid by coming at him. Because he's going to take the high road every time. You know what I'm saying? So, like we said uh, when we was on Twitter Spaces the other day, that should have been a personal phone call. If you felt the way about Andy Reid, you should have called him up, uh, put your thoughts out there, and, and and tell him how you felt, and then y'all could talk like men. But, bro, putting it on social media, like even – it wasn't even his post. Like <laughs> – like, bro, you coming in on somebody else post, some random fan post, uh, no disrespect to whoever posted it, some random fan post, it, bro, why would you do that? It's silly. He looks silly now. He looks silly then. He looks silly now. I, I believe that Andy Reid told him, look, we're going to bring you in. We're going to get you involved in a running game. We're going to pass to you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to come here, get some yards. You you look good for us. You look good for another team. You know what I'm saying? Um, he got there. I guess he didn't look how he was supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? And then, plus, he didn't really know the offense. We had a terrible offensive line. You know what I'm saying? So, D, Darrell Williams came in and, and did what he had to do. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing you can do about that, bro. I wouldn't disrespect the team now because we got the offensive line that you need now, bro. Like, you could have just waited. If somebody would have got hurt, it would have been easy to call Le'Veon Bell off the street. You know the offense. You're familiar with most of the offense. We got a better offensive line. We can come in, bring you in, showcase you for a little bit, and you can go on about your career with somebody else get you one last payday. But the direction he chose, he chose violence, and he chose retirement. 
it kind of looked it, like it, ain't it, man? I mean, it ain't really no choice. Most of all like guys in the league, and then half the people don't work for him. So who gonna give you a job, bro? If they loyal to him, how you think they feel about you? Yeah, Andy Reid's culture tree is pretty large in the league currently. So yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be tough for Le'Veon at this point. And like I remember Philip McGruder, um, you know, he's a known um, Chiefs fan. He hops in on here pretty much every episode. Um, he he talk he's talking about the what if scenario because he like to do the what if scenarios with with players that's on the Chiefs or in free agency. He was like, what if Le'Veon Bell were to come back and run behind this offensive line in comparison to last year's offensive line. Because this offensive line on paper is way better by far. Like, it's not even close. Well, we'll never know. Right. He, he burned the bridge. He threw a grenade at the bridge, burnt it, blew it up. I mean, even Tyron Matthew came out and said something, which is – and not only said it, but didn't delete it later. Like, okay, so he meant what he said. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro. Jeff Allen said something. Mike Mike DeVito, it was like former players were saying something. Tom Ali said something, I think. This is like, bro, you 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 put you you pissed on the wrong tree. Is that the saying? <laughs> yeah, the wrong yeah. tree or whatever they say in the world. But yeah, that was a bad look, bro. That, that wasn't the look. That wasn't it. I'm not saying you should have humbled yourself, but maybe you should have humbled yourself, bro. Yeah, and turning yeah. that man like a man, and he would have helped you either transition into your career after football, or he would have got you on another team or something. He would have helped you go put put um, a good reference on your resume. You know what I'm saying? So now everybody looking at you like you nuts. So what are you gonna do now? This is the same way they looked at you when you left Pittsburgh. Right, and I feel, and and, uh, and I think Devito said he would come out of retirement and play for Andy Reid. Now I don't know how true that is necessarily, but hey, if his body was in the right place, if he was still in, in pretty good shape football wise, I mean, Devito might come back. But I think Devito's cool. He's pretty much done. I think he's pretty content with his life currently. So yeah, he. he... I don't know. Le'Veon Bell was tripping, bro. Like, I feel – and as a fan of the guy, too, even though he was one of our enemies, you know what I'm saying? Like, because he used to kill us. He used to kill us, like, by himself. You know what I'm saying? It's just hard to see him go out like that. It's hard to see him put himself out like that. I didn't – I didn't wouldn't wish that on him. You know what I'm saying? But you kind of did it to yourself. Ain't nothing we can do. So. Yep. And by the way, that post was by the check down, I believe. I believe he uh made the comment in that in the IG post from the check down page. So that's oh, okay. Yeah, shout so out to him. Yeah, shout out to the, to the check down because they did an interview with me when I blew up. So, <laughs> but uh but let's get on to the next subject. Uh, Lewis Riddick, once again, saying more great things about the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Man, Lewis Riddick, he, he, he's been quite the positive guy with our organization the past few years. Okay, so he said that he's been saying that the Chiefs could have their best offensive line they have had since Patrick Mahomes has been there. Or maybe we can go back into time when we have Priest Holmes running behind a great offensive line. But anyway, he said that, uh, that that could be with two rookie starters, Creed Humphrey, and he feels like Trey Smith could win that right guard, that right guard spot. And then he also said, oh, look out for rookie fifth-round tight end Noah Gray from Duke. 
they like him a lot. So sounds like a lot of good things going on at Chiefs OTAs currently. So um so country, like on paper, do you think this current offensive line on paper, before they even go out on the field, do you think they can compare it to the early two thousands offensive line with Willie Rove, Will Shields and Wegman and John Tate and Brian Waters? Before we go into that, I'm I got blocked by Lewis Reddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's tough. That's tough, bro. It's really tough. <laughs> so every time he tweets something about the Chiefs, I have to go to Bearcat or somebody and be like, yo, screenshot that for me so I can see what he said. It's like, it's horrible. I hate it. I wish you would unblock me. Please. Please unblock me, bro. I didn't mean I didn't mean it in a bad way what I said. But hey, Lewis, um, I'm going to at you on this episode. And try to get my man's unblocked, man. He didn't mean no harm, man. So, please <laughs> unblock my man country, dog. Man. football fan, man. He didn't mean no harm, whatever he said. But, anyway. and, but what I said was, never mind, forget it. Um, <laughs> on paper, they have the potential to do that. But until you see it, you can't really go there, bro. Like, that line was the best, best one I've seen. You know what I'm saying? Outside of what Dallas has some great low lines and, and Pittsburgh. But you know what I'm saying? That was a hell of an old line. They supported Jamal. No, not Jamal. Uh, Priest, Larry Johnson. Like, they put pro bowlers at all pros, you know, together behind that line. You know what I'm saying? And made average quarterbacks look even better than they really were. So, I'm going to hold out that praise on them. But they have the potential to be that. And they young. All of them are young. Well, except Tony. Well, Tony's like 28, 20, 20. I don't know. He's he's older. He's probably the older statesman on the line. But yeah, Tony's Tony definitely the oldest one currently. Yeah, you, you got to hold that praise, bro, because that's Willie Rolfe and, and Will Shields and Brian Water. You got to, man, you got to, you got to reserve a little bit of that praise. But if they, if they come out like they supposed to, like, like they are on paper, and Clyde has a hell of a season, and, and he's putting up good numbers and record numbers and stuff, and Pat's not getting sacked, and Pat's putting up numbers, then, then we can start having that conversation. But right now, it's too early, way too early. Yeah, and, like, if these guys really play up to their potential, you know, for years to come, Patrick Mahomes, that should cut down on him taking bad sacks because at times – we have seen Patrick Mahomes, he will get the scrambling a lot, you know, trying to make something happen. And sometimes it'll end up in a 15 yard loss, you know what I mean? So that's one area where Patrick Mahomes could cut down as like taking the bad sacks. I think, I think he should be a lot, a lot more comfortable this season in comparison to last season in general. Right, right. Yeah. And, and all those long dropbacks, those, 15-yard dropbacks, you know what I'm saying, that, that he was having to take because the line survived self-time. You know, sometimes we needed it because, like, um, uh, Jet Chip Floss was uh, a long dropback that he needed, but that was for Tyreek to get open, so that was, like, designed. So, but, um, yeah, man, on paper, they look really, really good. I, wanna, I still want to see what Niang does. I still want to see how LDT looks. This is his first week back out of Canada, so uh, he probably need to get in football shape. You know what I'm saying? So it's still some questions, but on paper, they look incredible. And and we'll see how long Kyle Long is out. 
you know, he should be back by the regular season. But if Trey Smith is starting, Cree Humphrey and Niang are all three rookies, three young guys, all starting, all big guys, all powerful guys. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be some growing pains. It's going to be some ups and downs, but hopefully it's more ups and downs. And they get thrown into the fire uh, versus Cleveland the first week, like right out the gate. So you got to come with it right out the gate. So it's good, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Of course, we're going to go to St. Joe. As soon as they release them on uh, the schedule for St. Joe, yeah, we on our way. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't give them that praise yet. But on paper, they, they could come close to it. If they come even close to that, though, wow. We're going to be amazed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to be contending for a long time, bro. And um, I, I, I was watching a little bit of film that uh, Matt Lane posted uh, from Kansas City Sports Network. He was a guest on here as well. Um, I was watching, like, you know, the Oklahoma film with Cree Humphrey. And I assume Orlando Brown Jr. was in some of that, too. And I guess it was like some of the run schemes. Um, it was mostly like the draw plays, like the delayed draws or whatever. Um, are you? Do you think the Chiefs gonna implement some of that in the run game this year with Clyde? Since uh, just to make those guys comfortable. Yeah, probably. I mean, Andy Reid's a smart guy, so uh, a lot of those guys went to Oklahoma. A couple of those guys went to Oklahoma. It would make sense for you to look at Oklahoma's film and kind of bring that into what you were doing. Not the, not exactly that, but try to bring that style into what you're doing to make them comfortable, to get them ahead of the game a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So that would make perfect sense to me. It sounds smart to me, you know, but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cree Humphrey is starting week one. Cree, I think Cree is the the, the closest to being a starter. I think Trey Smith is a little under that. Well, I think uh, I will go Cree, I will go Niang, and then I will go Trey Smith in that order. But it's close. It's close on all three of them. Yeah. And I like, think the guest was posted that he, he should be showing up in a second. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that sounds crazy, though, starting three rookies, though. That dude, that dude kind of raised a little bit of concern, like a two, but they all young, man. They all got to learn anyway, so throw them in the fire. Right. And I, and Cree Humphrey to me, man, he, for what I see, he looks like a guy that's going to be in this league for a very long time, man. I can see a couple all-pro selections from the kid, you know, whenever he gets through his growing pains and stuff. He, 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 his, his ceiling is that high as far as being the center, so. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait, man. And, Definitely. And, and plus, you know, when you winning, you get Pro Bowl selections. Cause cause everybody, even the casual fans, if you winning, if we um uh, if we go 20 and 0, or well at that point we'd be 17 and 0 or whatever, when that Pro Bowl vote, everybody gonna automatically go, all right, where the Chiefs at? Cause they the best team. You know what I'm saying? So we throw them on there first. It's like Baltimore when they was 13 and one or whatever, and uh, they had like eight players going to the Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like that. So I can see that. I can see that happen. Yep. All right. Well, looks like we got our, our special guest uh, behind stage now. So let's go ahead and introduce him. All right, everybody. Um, 
we like to bring in um, our special guest. He was a former Kansas City Chief Safety. Uh, he was with the Herm era, Herm Edwards era. Uh, I think it was the Dick Vermeil era too. I'm not too sure about that, but uh, we remember we remember this guy. He made a game winning interception at one point in his career at the Chiefs it was against the Raiders. Um, I like to welcome um, our non-year veteran Jared Page to Kingdom Cavs. Bye, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Your connection went in the toilet on it. What, my connection? Or is it me or is it you? Yeah, you just froze up, bro. With that same look you had when the Royals won the title. (laughs) (laughs) So, how I look now, bro. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Not much. Hey, Jerry, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, how you doing this evening, bro? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? So I'm great, man. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. It's, it's a pleasure having you on this week, man. Um, you know, I, I just want to ask you this real quick, man. Um, just, just to kick things off, man. I see you got your UCLA fitted on, you know, repping oh, pretty yeah. well. Represent my UCLA real quick, you know, my Bruins. So, um, how often do you uh, tap in with UCLA? Do you follow them pretty closely still with, you know, football or athletics in general? Yeah, yeah, I follow them. You know, I'm out here. I live in Southern California uh, when I finished playing. Well, I went back and played baseball for a couple years after I finished playing uh, football. Uh, But this is where I settled down at, out here in L.A. So, you know, I get out to some games and stuff, check them out in, in all the sports, you know, especially being that I played baseball there too. So, I'm, you know. Uh, follow him in that as well, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 big in it. And I'm trying to get more into it now that I you know kind of got some free time. I ain't got to worry about you know running around and and working out on the time. I, you know, I'm putting on a couple pounds. I don't, I don't know if y'all can tell. <laughs> you know, a couple pounds, man. <laughs> got a little free time now. That's good, man. That's good, man. So, okay, first question I want to ask. Hold on. Are you, my bad, Chuck. Go ahead. No, nah, um, yeah, I'm gonna let you get in on this country. Hold on a sec. But so, Jared, like, um, since you mentioned baseball, man, so what was your first love, man? Was it baseball first or was it football first? Uh, it, it was definitely baseball. I didn't play, uh, I played football like starting like my eighth grade year going into ninth grade. That's the first time I had ever played tackle football. Um, you know, I had been playing baseball since I was four. Um, and that's like the, that's the sport I was the best at, you know, growing up playing. I mean, I, football was something I could do. You know, I, I, I liked it. It was, uh, you know, it's something you can go out there and, and, and kind of get physical with somebody and it's all, it's okay. You know, that was all, can't do that in basketball, you know. I mean, kind of, you know, but you can't do that in baseball. And, uh, you know, so I like that aspect of it. Uh, but, yeah, baseball is just – that's that was my first love. I mean, still is. You know, I got my, my oldest boy playing baseball, and, and uh, you know, I have him in that heavy. What, what position you play? Uh, out of high school, I was a shortstop. I got drafted uh, by the Brewers as a shortstop. But then at UCLA, I played center field. So when I got drafted by the Angels, I got drafted as a center fielder. So I played in the infield and outfield. Uh, you know, I've been all around. 
pitched and stuff in high school. I don't like catching, you know, so I don't want to. I don't want to be back there hurting my knees and everything. But everywhere else <laughs> on the diamond, I'm good with. Yeah, you got some strong knees to play catcher. So, yeah. um, so we, so growing up, uh, with you playing baseball, beginning at four years old, um, who did you look, look up to as far as baseball? Like, who was your favorite baseball player growing up? Yeah, man, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, you know, seeing him come out there, I think he was 17, 18 years old and do what he was doing. You know, actually, he was smacking stuff against my age. You know, my bad. I know I, I can't do the Royals, though. You know, I, the Chiefs, <laughs> as far as I can't do the Royals, hey, you know, I, I'm an Oakland A's, you know. Uh, but Griffey was out there. Yeah, Griffey was balling against us. We had a shortstop, Miguel Tejada. I liked him a lot because he was there with the Oakland A's. Um, watching Barry Larkin. Like, I mean, you know, it it was a collection, but Griffey was like that dude, though, you know. Um, and I really, that's probably how I learned. I, w- I was a switch hitter. I can hit both sides, and that's probably because of Griffey, you know, because I go play strikeout, and I want to be Griffey, and you can't be Griffey batting right-handed. So, you know, I had to turn around hit left-handed. Uh, but, yeah, Ken <laughs> Griffey Jr. is who I, I, I like the most. Yeah, believe me, I had to get them Griffeys today, so – you know, I had to itch, I had to itch again, so I had to get them Griffey ones today. No swing man edition. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta hop on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I seen, I seen Griffey play against the Royals, and, and we was getting them at first, and then he had like three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I was like, whoa. He could do his thing. He made it look easy, man. You know, yeah. Hey, you know what? You can make it look easy. You know what? That's why you know white kids. We used to be heavy in baseball. Baseball is hella expensive. I know for the equipment and for traveling and all that. Yeah. But we had guys to look at. We had Barry Bonds and uh, Barry Larkin, like you said, and uh, Bobby well, Ricky, Burnett. Ricky Henderson yeah. for me, too, up in, up in the town in Oakland. Ricky Henderson, you know. Definitely. Yeah. But it's like we don't have those same – it's not a lot of guys that – you can look at it and be like, yo, I want to be like him. You know what I'm saying? It's a couple of guys, but it's not as bad. It's not as much as it used to be. Like, ain't no yeah. Tony Gwynn out there, Kirby Puckett. And, and, yeah, it's not. It's bro. Like, it's crazy. Football and basketball kind of stealing a lot of the players that, you know, uh, you know, baseball kind of got. Like, for example, Carl Crawford. Like, right now, Carl Crawford probably would have went and played who? Just the way it's you know moving, they got NBA players got a lot more power now to control their situation. So if you really good in both, I mean I know baseball got the bread, but you know the NBA players kind of you might have a little more control, you know, over your situation. Baseball, you got to sit there for. I mean they starting to pay these dudes earlier, like Tatis, Acuna got they deals early. Trout got his early, but I mean dude, you ain't a free agent till six seven years. I mean, you know, and if you do really well, then you eligible for arbitration, like, after two years. But still, it's like you got to deal with some hassle to get your money, even when you performing, whereas, like, the NBA, they kind of – Right out the gate. They, they read right away, yeah. Like, they <laughs> probably the best model. So, you know, you're going to lose players to that. If they can do that, too, they'll probably be like, well, i just go do this and play 82 games, you know, instead of 162. Yeah. I yeah. Think- I think the problem right now is that the MLB, they're not promoting that game like they used to. Because back then when we was, was kids, you used to see Ken Griffey Jr. everywhere. You used to see 
Frank Thomas everywhere. You see Kenny Lofton on uh, the Wayans Brothers making uh, TV show appearances. You see Albert Bell. You see May Ramirez. You see, you see all these guys all the time. And now in this current baseball, you got a bunch of talented players in the yeah. league still. They's not getting that promotion. It's weird, right? Because the league says that they want it, but then they don't do nothing. To, they don't do nothing to make it happen. You know, they don't. They don't push them. They don't try to understand the cultures that they trying to market stuff to. You know, they just put a little ad up. You know, what I mean, or or say let the kids play, but then you be watching the game and they don't let the kids play. So it's like, it's like, man, baseball got to They got to look in to see. You know, I mean, what's the culture you trying to get to? You know, and and really, I mean, black culture then taking over though. So that I mean, that's really the culture that you need to study and you need to figure out. You know what I mean? Because you're saying one thing, but then you operate a way that kind of is a turnoff. You know, and and you don't want to be a turnoff to people. You want people to want to hear from your stars, want to watch your game. You know, the fact that dudes have fun and celebrate like the other sports. Is why baseball is trying to gain back a little bit of, you know, what it had before. It's like, yeah, man, it, everything ain't got to be, you know, like you've done it before. You know what I mean? Like, it's when you put a lot of work into something and a lot of time and, and a lot of craft and you got a lot of adrenaline going and I'm going against this other dude and I beat you, hey, man, I'm about to be happy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I did a lot <laughs> to do that, you know, and, that, and that's fine. whatever I do, as long as I'm not too out of pocket, that's, a, that's on me. You know, when you win, you do what you want to do. If you want to stand there and look serious like that's what – and you don't have no fun, then you play that way. You know, I'm going to rock how I rock. So so have you ever pimped a home run a little too much? Nah, nah, because I think – Yeah. I had a couple that, I mean, when you know when you hit something real far, I, I ain't never just stood there and did nothing crazy. But, uh, you know, when I hit it, I mean, I want to see where it lands, too. You know, so yeah. I, you know, I get one. I, I want to watch it and see what's going on with it, you know. But I ain't – it wasn't even, like, when I was coming up, it wasn't as acceptable as it is now. Like, you know what I mean? Even like doing it as a kid back then, if you did something crazy, like you got these little kids be trying to throw the ball at you, you know, then you got to go out there and tussle, you know what I mean? And get kicked out of the game and all that. But it just wasn't really emotion in baseball. I feel like we, we trying to get that to come back now. You know, it, it always was like where I grew up, playing baseball you couldn't celebrate too much they, like if you hit a home run you couldn't do nothing that was too much like we we played baseball like we played football and like we played basketball and the same emotions that you have when you went on the play out there or you dunk on somebody that's what we said to the pitcher when we hit a home run on them when we ran around the bases to the people or to the shortstop to the second baseman when you run by him like that's just that's that's how you compete you know what i mean and, and if people don't like that then that's fine you just don't have to like it but you're still gonna have to compete on the same field you know so things just gonna go how i want them to go if i'm winning <laughs> good yeah because fans love that passion we love to see jordan jump or the jordan shrug or or you know what i'm saying a, a Shaq yelling or kg or uh kevin garnett yelling after every dunk we want to yep. see that sometimes 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, show us that emotion. That, and, that's and the that emotion of the fan. When when the dude hit the home run, that's what the fan do. They want right. the player to not be happy, but the fans is going crazy. Like, nah, the player, the player, the one practiced and all that shit and, and did it. Like, yeah, I'm going to be happy too. Like, come on. Exactly. Because I think everybody has some type of love for baseball. It's just, man, lately it's just been disappearing. Like, it's too many old guys running the running the league, you know what I'm saying? And and we young, you know what I'm saying? Show us some music and some dancing and all that stuff. Like everybody yeah. else, every other league promotes that to the fullest. Yeah, and they do the not league. at all. Like they don't even address it. Yeah, wow, that's like, country club, man. They yeah, and then you, the see, club. you got you got Tony LaRusso out there managing one of the youngest teams in the major leagues, and he get his catcher hit by a pitch, and he talking about he deserved it. Like, bro, right. man, we're not playing that way no more, man. Why are you uh, – what, what are you talking about? He deserved it. Look, man, if the dude come up here – if y'all put a dude in to come out here and throw, uh, you know, 40 miles per hour and live, you know, live the shit out here over the plate and all that, what is dude supposed to do? Right. Like, what you want him to do? Like, y'all, y'all basically gave up on the competition. Y'all said, all right, we're about to put the, our catcher in here to pitch. You know what I'm saying? And we don't even want you to throw hard. Just just lob that shit over the plate. Fine. <laughs> exactly. In the second deck, and that's fine. Now, then, he didn't celebrate. I wouldn't celebrate that either. Like, oh, you threw me with some little slow shit. I put you in the second deck. I'm going to run around the bases. I'm going to score. My batting average went up, as it should, because y'all put a, a catcher in there to pitch. You know what I mean? Right. Now, if he'd have celebrated, then I'd have been like, oh, bro, you ain't do nothing. Like, you know, you just hit a pitch, he lied. But he didn't. He lobbed the ball over the plate. He hit the shit 420 feet. He ran around the bases, touch home, win the dugout. Yeah, and like he's like the but biggest name. Put his catcher shit on and got ready to go back out there. Like I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, right. Because like the biggest name, Fernando Tatis, I think he's the biggest name in baseball right now. He got to that same situation last season uh, when the Padres was up big on the Rockies. Uh, guess the bases was loaded and the pitcher threw him a. A pitch straight down the middle. He cracked that out of the park, and his manager had an issue with that. I'm like, what else he supposed yeah, to say, do? Uh, no, uh, uh, see, I think the game. <laughs> his manager had his back, but the other manager, I think, was tripping on that. It's because it was 3-0. And I'm like, first of all, so he, so the other manager, or rather, his dude throw ball four and walk a run in, then, for that, then, then, then throwing a pitch for a strike and making him swing the bat to get him out. I don't understand that. I'm not I'm not obligated to take this pitch, man. You just threw three pitches to me trying to get me out. Now, all of a sudden, because we winning and the base is loaded, I'm supposed to let you get a free strike after you just tried to get me out with three pitches. Right. So because you, because you because I didn't swing at none of them that you was trying to get me out with. Now I'm supposed to let you throw a strike because we got a lead and it's three up shit. 450, just like he did. <laughs> and cause your bat and everything. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you right. know, that's how baseball needs to be played. And you'll have more fans. Like, Exactly, bro. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry for everybody's audience. I'm sorry that we made it to a baseball topic. But, you know, Jared used to play baseball. Nah, man. Let's go and transition to the gridiron. So, Jared, like, when, when, when at your point in life, like, when did you decide, like, okay, I, I'm going to make football a full-time thing? When did you come to that decision? Uh, When I came to the Chiefs. Um, you know, cause even, 
even when I showed up to training camp, I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? I had went in the seventh round. I was mad about that. You know, I felt like I was way better than the seventh round pick. So I really was like, you know, I'm going to go out here to camp and do it and just do my thing in camp and just let them know I ain't no seventh round pick. Whether or not I keep playing football, I don't know. You know what I mean? But I'm going to let them know I I wasn't no seventh round pick. And so that's kind of where I was when I went to camp. I knew that the Angels were still there. So if it wasn't working out in KC, I knew I was just going to sign and go play baseball. Uh, But I still wasn't sure. You know, and I got there and and got to camp and, you know, things went the way I wanted them to go in camp. And I realized, like, uh, you know, I wasn't just going to be on the team. Like, I was going to be on the field. And so, you know, for me at that point, it was like, I don't I don't want to still do both. Like, I want to do one thing. Like, I had already went through college and had to do both in school and all that. And I'm like, at this point, I want to do one of them. So, you know, I went back to the Angels and basically tried to get my contract that I had with the Chiefs out the Angels. And they ain't come up high enough. So that, that was when I finally made my decision to just focus on football then. Yeah, you 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 came. Did you and Pollard come in at the same time? Yeah, we came in the same uh, draft. He came in. Uh, he went the second. I went the seven. We came in the same draft. Yeah, y'all used to, bruh. Like I tweeted you that uh that YouTube hit. I don't know why you hit Chris Chambers that hard, bro. Oh. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, to be honest, like every time I hit people was because I was trying. I I was trying to get to the ball though. And then yeah, I yeah. can't get to the ball. So that's the next best thing. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I remember that play to Chambers, and I, I had broke way before uh, Rivers threw it because I was trying to pick it. I thought he was going to throw, throw it even, you know, more to the middle of the field. And then I realized I wasn't going to get there to pick it. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to run through him then. You know? <laughs> I don't think you probably can't do that anymore. You know, that's a penalty and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, but Bernard, though, man. Uh, that's the hardest hitter I never played with, man. That dude in practice, it don't matter. Full speed, he knocking you out. Like, yeah, he watched yeah, for sure, man. It's been up with Nard. In practice too. In practice, <laughs> he was playing too wild. He ain't gonna do that here. Running hit LJ like that. We like, hold on, man. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he don't care. He come out there and practice smacking his helmet. He get through there and somebody come through there kind of tiptoeing, bop, it'd be Bernard. They like, Bernard, hold on, we on the same team. Oh, you know, the coaches. I'm like, man, this dude. Now, now, Pollard looked like one of them guys, even now, he looked like he'd give 110%. Like, he he got into the NASCAR racing, and now he doing, he opening the race. I'm like, dang, that was like, he just started talking about it two he, weeks he, ago. He, he, he competitive. He jump on, like, whatever he jump on. He he all the way, all the right. Way. And then he'll he might change his mind though in a couple months and be on this, but he'll be on <laughs> all the way though. Like you know he don't he he'll go hard and compete at whatever he's doing. Like you know I mean a lot of guys a lot of guys are like that though. Like a lot of dudes that play that's that's probably that's probably a quality a lot of us have, and that's how we got there. Just they, like super anything you jump in, you trying to. You're trying to really learn how to do it and and and, and be good at it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm being I'm be honest, bro. You you was one of my favorites. I ain't gonna even lie to you. Uh, Appreciate it, man. 
from from the get go because I like the way you play. You play hard. You play fast, and like you said, you was trying to get that ball. You know what I'm saying? Whether you had to intercept it or knock it out. Right. One of my favorite plays. You made that interception in Oakland. Was they in Oakland then? Uh, I guess the Raiders. Yeah, I, I, I got the Raiders so many damn times. That was yeah. like, they they produce about half my interceptions, man. <laughs> it seemed like you got up a little bit. It seemed like you got up a little bit for that one. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's my hometown, you know. So I know, like, when we played there, I got a bunch of people there in the stands watching, you know. And then even when we played them in Kansas City, people was out there at the game, and then they watching at home. So, you know, not that. It's not that you taking like any game more serious, but it's human nature, man. Like you, it's human nature that like that that ninety nine point nine percent focus you be having. Like most of the time, you be having mm-hmm. like a hundred. Sometimes it's human nature. Like some things, it's like you know, some things you can't even be knocked off for that point one. And it's just like you know, playing against Oakland, and then it's the Raiders. On top of like being me being from there, like we the Chiefs and they the Raiders, so. It was even more on top of, uh, you know, the hometown and all that, you know. So I think just as a team, we were locked in. And then for me, it's like I get to have our biggest game, our biggest rivalry also against my hometown. Like, so it was even even bigger. Yeah, I feel that same way about because uh, when Marcus Peters was on the Chiefs, every time we played Oakland, it was just it was it was always like you said that 99. But it was like, oh, it's like 102. Yeah. We playing Oakland, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> and y'all very loyal. That's something about Bay Area. It's it's funny that the Bay Area in Kansas City. I don't know if we like first cousins or something. Probably. But, yeah, I think so. Music, <laughs> everything. Yeah. We love the Bay Area. We love y'all music, y'all culture. We take y'all slang. Yeah. People think we started Boosie. We did not start that. It started in Oakland. <laughs> we took it from them. You know what I'm saying? We, but we love y'all, bro. Like, we show y'all so much love. Was was it weird being from Oakland and the things that people would say about Oakland when y'all played them? Like, did you hear those? The fans I'm talking about. Because, no, you know, Kansas City, like. Yeah, but I, I was never a Raiders fan, though. So I wasn't, like, talking about the Raiders don't hurt me. It wasn't like, you know, they wasn't really saying nothing about the city. And then, like, for me, you know, being from Oakland and coming out and living in Kansas City, like, it was cool, man. Like, I I got along with dude. I ain't just talking about in Overland Park. I'm talking about in, in, in Wyandotte County. It don't matter where I was. I got along with people. Like, it was like, it wasn't like I was in some city where I couldn't even talk to people and I looked like some some goofy dude standing out. You know, not supposed to, you know, when I first got there, I'm in a little rental Buick. I don't look like nobody, you know, special. I'm trying to see, you know, exactly what's around here, what's going on. But it just, it felt a lot like the bank. You know what I mean? As far as talking to people, obviously it's different. You know, it got, you know, it got its differences. But like the music I was hearing, I'm hearing people drive down the street. They playing Messy Marv and stuff. I'm like, hold on, what's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what going on? <laughs> okay. I'm hearing people talk. I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of sounds good. So, all right, we'll be saying that too. Okay. So it, was, it, it didn't feel that crazy. Right. So like, Yeah, it's it's something about the Bay of Kansas City, man. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why. 
don't know how it started, but man, we got mad love for y'all. Um, unfortunately, that Mac Dre incident happened, and uh, that was that was messed up. Look, as 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 much love y'all have for us, y'all down here ready to to defend it. That's for sure. I see a lot of rental cars that weekend. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And and love to Mac Dre, rest in peace. But uh. We always showed y'all love, man, and you really did like show up every time on Oakland, and you laid some guys out. You had some game-winning interceptions in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? Like you really did your thing. So, um, man, I wanted to talk about. You said you played baseball after after your career. You played baseball again? Yeah. So I um my sixth year. And I, I had uh, I had signed with Philadelphia, and I um I just I wasn't I wasn't playing as well there. You know what I mean? Like I I kind of felt like it was times like in, in practice, like you know you you get to where I started having so many injuries and stuff. You'll go break on the ball in practice, and so kind of like my thing was is I I try to get the ball. Like I. I really don't care how Bernard will go hit you. I'll jump all into your head. Everything. I didn't care. Like, even if we might both get hurt, I just go for the ball. Like, I don't care. And right. I kind of lost that because I start, I, I didn't want to get hurt. Like, you know, you go, you go run and you about to go jump and you go, oh, I ain't going to do that in practice. Right. But what happens is that shit every day in practice comes out in the game. Right. So you go break on something in the game and you get right there. And that shit you've been doing every day where you, you slow up a little bit, it happens. And then, you, like, you catch it and you like, oh, shit. And you know, like, it's a problem. Like, that, that's a problem. Like, you can't, you can't prepare that way. And if you're preparing that way, then you can't really, you know. For me, I was kind of like, man, I wasn't really, I wasn't really enjoying it because I felt like I couldn't get there anymore to do that and I was like man I had been missing like baseball I was like what if I did that so I was like you know what I'm gonna reach out to the Dodgers the Giants you know I mean the Dodgers and the Angels and uh the Brewers the all the Pirates White everybody all the teams that had were talking to me through the draft process those times I just reached back out to them and the Dodgers hit me back like you know we want you to come work out blah 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 so uh, that year, I got released from Philadelphia, signed by the Vikings, finished the year with the Vikings, and then like a month after the season, I was in uh, Glendale, Arizona, at the little Dodgers, little you know, uh, kind of open tryout. It's like 150 people total, but some former major league guys and some other prospects that had been released that they really wanted to see. So they weeded down to get to a game. So I made it down to the game. We played a game. I mean, I hit against some former major league relievers, did well, got me a couple hits, hit a triple actually in there. And uh, they signed me, man, me and one other kid out of them 150 dudes, they signed me. And so, at that point, I was like, "Shit, I got my chance to do it, man. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna run with this, you know." And a couple like NFL teams had called about going to camp, and I was just like, you know, the Lions, Gunther was out there, and uh, I just was like, "Man, I'm, I'm playing baseball. Like, I, you know, maybe I after the season, but I, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do this for real. Like, I'm not gonna cut the season short to go to camp. Nothing. I just, you know, I stuck with it." did that for a couple years uh and then i finally decided to just go ahead and retire man as an athlete 
Oh, okay. Well, um, I just want to ask you this real quick. Um, during your playing career in the NFL, like, what was the hardest part about preparing for the week before a game? Like, what was the hardest part of the process going through that? Uh, your body. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably the most difficult thing from getting to – it's like once your career starts, it's like you don't, be, you don't feel great anymore ever, right? And so it's like week to week, you know, trying to learn how to – hopefully you learn it early, you know, going and getting in the cold tub. Even though you don't feel that bad after practice, go hop in that cold tub. Make sure if anything feel a little bit off, go make sure you get it handled right away. And just that's probably the biggest thing week to week is making sure that when you get back to that next Sunday that you feel good like to go play. I mean, you're going to have stuff wrong, but you want to get back to as good as you can feel when you when that game's about to start on Sunday as you can. Because, you know, you, you can't be out there with – you have a lot of stuff bothering you during the week, but if it's feeling like that when you're about to go out there on Sunday, it's a problem. So, like, you know, just really trying to get it to where uh, you get back and you're ready to play is is huge. Obviously, the time, you know, that you got to put in for the watching film, uh, you know, getting the other opponent's offense down and peeping their tendencies and all that type of stuff, seeing personnel, checking motions and all of that. So there's the time. But I think. I guess most people, they don't know about that, but, I mean, they should know. We at work from 7 a.m. in the morning. You know, you going home at 5 o'clock at night. If you with the Patriots, you going home at 7 o'clock at night, 7 to 7, right? <laughs> and yeah. you're doing that every day. So that's the that's the film just work part, you know. Uh, but then your body, man, because that you got to do that when you go home too, you know. Uh, but, yes, it's a job, and you got to – you got to love it more than it pays you money to keep, you know, getting yourself right week to week and year to year. And then, you know, dudes, you know, like Peyton and them that played all those years, man, that's a, it's a grind, you know, but, uh, I respect it because I did six and I know how I was feeling at the end of six. So I respect it. For sure. For sure. So, so it's, it's another thing, uh, that's, that you guys are, uh, I don't know if it was you, if he was there. Y'all did hard knocks that year, right? Yeah, that's when Bernard got on there acting a fool. You knew exactly where I was going, didn't you? Had us looking goofy, man. Had us looking straight goofy. This is how we do it in Fort Wayne, bro. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I ain't never been so proud to not be from Fort Wayne. I, ain't, I said, man, hey, I don't know what y'all got going on, man. I don't know what y'all got going on out there. So, and, and not only that, bro, like they play it a lot. Like that clip still gets played a lot. That's a highlight of Hard Knocks. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 should is. it should be. He was just out of pocket, though. <laughs> it was a it was a highlight though or a low light whatever you want to call it it was funny as hell <laughs> it was like a half twerk into a split it was i don't know I, man did that's why we ain't did hard enough since we ain't did it since oh man i thought i i'm like man you know 
I thought he was out. I thought he was at, uh, you know, somebody bachelorette party or something. I'm like, who the hire Bernard? Is some women out here somewhere to hire Bernard to come in here and somebody she getting married or something? <laughs> so, so how weird is hard knocks? Is it weird, like all them cameras and stuff? Well, did you even notice the cameras or? No, you no, you notice them. It is weird. You notice them. They ask people to set certain stuff up, like, oh, could that be over here? Could you be over here? Like, you know what I mean? They they there. It's no way they can film everything that they film without being there. They don't I mean they they try to be out the way as much as they can, but it's it's a big ass camera with the cameraman around everywhere, you know. So they might not talk to you and ask you questions, but they just there all the time. But to be honest, I mean, you you go through that so much, like, on game day. I don't think nobody even cares, though. Like, you know, may, maybe, like, if you come in as a rookie and it's, like, something new or whatever, like, you – but nobody really even care. Like, man, you out there, you trying to keep your job, man. You tired. It's training camp. Ain't nobody worried about that. If you worry right. about that camera, you either, like, just had a day off, your spot super secure, or you about to get cut. Like, you know what I mean? Like – yeah, you worried about the wrong thing. Exactly. So, how was your relationship with uh, Herm? Oh, great! I still talk to Herm. Uh, yeah, I, I still talk to Herm. I I love playing for Herm. Herm, you know, more than most coaches. Uh, Andy Reid is another coach that's like that. You, you know, care about what you got going on in your life too. You know what I mean? Like one, the football player you are, but also the stuff that's going on in your life, making sure that, you know, uh, the players, you know, and the young men got what they need to keep, you know, stay on track there too. And you don't always get that, man, from coaches. You know what I mean? I mean, I know they got a job and they got a family and, and you know, some of them, that's what they concerned about. That's it. You know, however they keep that food on the table, that's what they worried about. Not whether, you know, your personal life is straight. And then other coaches aren't like that. And Herm was one of the coaches that was like that. So, you know, um, you know, I love Herm for that. And I, I still uh, talk to Herm. Yeah, that's what's up. So, so Le'Veon Bell comments probably took you a little bit by surprise too, huh? Uh, but I didn't even hear him. Oh, so, wow. Uh, he said, he, what, he, what exactly did he say? He said Andy Reid lied to him, and and he didn't – the things he was supposed to do when he got here, he wasn't able to do. He was lied to. Uh, then Andy Reid said, you know, he, he was a good guy. He, he came in. He was a great chemistry and all that stuff, and uh, I wish him the best. And then his, his reply to that was, yeah, Andy Reid capping. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I don't think his dispute is with Andy Reid as far as his character to the player, right? Now, there's always going to be those disagreements about roles, right? Le'Veon Bell right. was a superstar, right? Exactly. I know he ain't want to come to the Chiefs and do what he did. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want that to be his role. But y'all also had a first-round pick, though, out there at back. That, that y'all want to grow into Le'Veon Bell or better. So, you know what I'm saying? And he was doing his thing. So it wasn't no – he wasn't going to come in and just, you know, take a dude out the spot. 
you know what I mean? I don't know what was said behind the scenes, though. So I can't really speak right, right. He did tell him his role was going to be more and all that. But I just felt like it was more on, like, uh, football stuff than the personal stuff. Like, I ain't really heard a lot of bad stuff about Andy Reid on, like, you know, on personal issues, like man to man. Like, you know, like, I don't fool with Ty Haley at all. Because Ty Haley is, you know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he is not, uh, uh, you know, he he is not a coach like that. He is not cool. You know what I mean? You can't handle no problems with him like you would do a normal man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, I, Andy Reid is not one of those coaches. So, like, yeah, there could, there's always discrepancies. Sometimes, you know, you tell me I'm coming in here for this role. It don't quite work out like that. I'm going to be upset about that, man. You told me this. But I could still say that, hey, I ain't saying you a bad dude, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't saying that. I'm saying that this just right here, we didn't agree on this. You, it didn't work out like you said it was going to work out. Uh, so I, I feel like that was more that. Because even when Marcus left there, he didn't have, you know, problem with, with uh, Andy Reid. Right. You know, even right. though he was mad at the whole organization, not Andy Reid, though. Right. Right. You know, yeah, when I got cut from Philadelphia, I ain't have no problem with Andy Reid. I didn't have a problem with anybody. I didn't play well. You know what I mean? Like, Andy Reid was cool. Lewis Riddick, all of them dudes there in Philly were cool, you know? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, man, you just falling off. You know what I mean? I don't know where Le'Veon Bell at, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's not, you know, sometimes if you was if you were doing what it took to, like, be the dude and be out there and change the game, then you would be out there. Right. You know what I mean? That's kind yeah, of I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So we got a question in the audience here uh, from the underscore R2J. So, Jared, like, who are you taking in Super Bowl rematch if both teams are healthy, if the Bucs and Chiefs run it back? I'm going to take the Chiefs because the Chiefs weren't healthy. So, you know, the last time they just did it, they weren't healthy. They ain't had it all O-line, and that's why Mahomes was out there running 40-yard sprints all the time. So I, I, I'd rock with the Chiefs to see it again, you know. With they starting the O line. Yeah, Jerry, do you agree with me? Do you agree with me that when your when your offensive line has a bunch of backups in, do you agree with me that you need to run the ball a little more? Because I feel like it would have helped the Chiefs out some if they would have ran the ball a little more. Just take the pressure off of tackles a little bit. Well, yeah, you, you you have to establish a run because you can't let those ends, you know, just tee off on backup tackles, right? So you got you gotta establish the run. The problem is, like, they just didn't – Andy Reid ain't big on running the ball like that, though. You I know. know what I mean? Like, to, to, to want Andy Reid to go out there and run 27 times, well, that's, that's a stretch now. But I understand, <laughs> though, when, I understand when you got backup tackles in, though, like, you need to keep that defense more uh, off balance, right? So, yeah, they know you're going to dink and dunk with the short passing game. But – as long as they know that's what it is, at least some screens, right? Something to keep them dudes from getting so far upfield and teeing off. Uh, but I thought they kind of tried to run. I mean, you also need to have some success. You know, you you can't just – you can't keep running if you're getting one yard or if they're hitting you in the backfield, then you can't even establish it, you know. Yeah. So you do want to try to establish it. If you can get three yards, then, yeah, you want to keep making sure that you call enough of those plays that you're not getting teed off on with the pass rush, especially with with backups. You know, your starters, you paid them that type of money to get teed off on in that offense. You know, you know that you're going to throw the ball, and you, that's what they're there for. But when you lose them, 
you know, NFL teams ain't built to have a, enough money to have another one of them behind them. So the dude behind them is not him. You know what I mean? Still a, it's still a, a good football player, but he ain't him though. You know, and so yeah, I do. I do think you need to, you know, establish a run, but you also can't bang your head against the wall if it just ain't working. Yeah, because me, I felt like in the second half we was getting some running game going with Clyde. I mean, I remember Clyde; he had like thirty some yards on one drive, and then we just went away from it again. Yeah, and when you get that, when you when you start to get five and six yards, that's you gotta you gotta stick with it. You got to put them on your on their heels and make them understand, hey, we have to stop the run or else they just going to score running the ball. And as soon as they make that little adjustment, then that's when you go get your one-play score that Kansas City is looking for, right? You know what I mean? You go get you go score on one play. It might have took you seven plays or eight plays to get to that one play, but you know what I mean? That's what you're looking for. If you can establish the five, six yards, because don't know defense, like it's not fun on defense when you keep giving up first downs. Now, especially when you got a tackle and shit like that. Like, you, right. you're tackling and a big boy. You know what I mean? Like, they was running Fortnite, and you hitting Fortnite, and you coming in there every time, bam, and he picking up five. Then he come back, run again, bam, you hitting him again, and that's another foe. Now they run third and run, you hitting them again, bam, now they got a first down, they're going to do it again. It's like, on defense, it's like, damn, that game start to get hard. And as soon as you make a little adjustment, you say, all right, I'm going to come up here and give him a little more this time. That's the play action when Tyreek ran straight down the field, you know what I mean, or somebody. And so, yeah, like I, I, I like to establish the run, but like I said, if he, if you ain't getting nothing out of it, it's only so long you could keep going with something that ain't your bread and butter. Right. So, uh, so uh, one of our guys asked the question. I was going to ask you the same. I was going to ask your thoughts on uh, being you a safety. I was going to ask your thoughts on Tyron Matthew at first. But that's a good question, too. Uh, who are your, some of the favorite DBs to watch play right now? Anybody remind you of you? Saron Matthew, I, I like watching him play. Uh, Adams, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. All, I mean, all the, dude, all the dudes that – Adams more so because it just amazes me how he get he getting all these sacks and stuff as a safety. Like, you know, his blitzing, not so much for him, like, picking the ball off, but those other dudes, because of how they go get the ball. Marcus Peters, like, you know what I mean? Like, I like dudes that want to go get the football. And when it's up in the air, they go get it. Like, it's mine. Like, you know what I mean? They don't catch picks over the shoulder, you know. Like, when it's in the air, they going up to get it. When I when I see those dudes playing, when they got a chance, they going to get it. Xavier Howard, like, they going to get the ball. And those are the those are the dudes that I, I, I like the most. I, I always notice that with a DB when I'm watching, I notice his ball skills. Like when the ball gets in the air, who's the dudes that start looking awkward and just try to, you know, bat it down? And who's the dudes that can like pick it off? Like, you know, who can who can get to the ball? And those are the dudes that I, I like the most because I feel like those ball skills like that, like when Marcus would break on a route, right? And you're breaking, and you see that you can get there to get the interception, but there's a body in front of you. You got to figure out how to get around him and get your hands back to get the ball. Everybody can't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, some people just try and break that up or go for the tackle. And I, I like the dudes that go get that ball, you know. Um, so, that, I mean, that's, I like to watch DBs in general that are going to go pick the ball off. That's who I enjoy watching. I mean, you're the same guy, man, because I also like defensive backs who like defensive backs who like to take away the ball myself, man. 
I, I admit, I was very upset when uh, Marvin Spears got traded from the Chiefs, man. I was very upset about that. But, you know, I'm past it now. We, we never recently yeah. won a Super Bowl, so. Yeah, everybody ain't past it. <laughs> everybody in the city ain't past it. Yeah, I, mean, I still want him on the team still, but it is what it is, man. Part of it, it, you, you know what it was? Marcus was special. Like, Marcus' first play was an interception. When the, you know, pick six, right? Was his first? It's like his first three plays. Stepped in front of a curl or something. Yeah. And like I said, the love for the Bay Area, all the, the guys like us, we was rooting for Marcus. You feel me? And they yeah. still do. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the, the uh, guys like us, the culture, the black people, the, you know what I'm saying, the streets. Right. Marcus had the streets. You know what right. I'm saying? And still do. <laughs> like they still love Marcus here, man. You know, uh, it sucks that it didn't work out, you know, but that's the business. You know, the business is crazy like that. You know, it's a cold game. So, but, yeah, Marcus was special, man. Marcus was special. Yeah, definitely. Play, play the game uh, fearless, fearless. Like, you always got to go out there, and you always have to feel like you're the best player on the field. I know it'd be irrational, right? The fans look like, ain't no way you're the best player on the field. She is. You can't tell us that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell me that when I'm out there on the field and, and I'm in the game. Like, you know, but you got a bunch of dudes running around out there thinking that, you know, and that's why the game is what it is, you know? Yeah, you know what's funny? Well, man. You know what's funny about Marcus, man? Because um, <laughs> I remember a clip. Um, he responded to fans before in the stands, but he actually went up in the stands one time. He was in a Rams uniform. So I guess a fan was talking trash on him. He was like, where you from? Where you from? Oh, you're gonna get fun. You're gonna get fun. Fan <laughs> got scared real quick, dog. So I, I don't like how Marcus don't back down from nobody, man. Nah, yeah, Marcus. Mark, Marcus got a little loose fuse, though. He don't know how to rein it in like Marshawn. See, Marshawn know how to, Marshawn know how to like rein it in a little bit. Marcus, Marcus would go a little, he'd go a little crazy sometime, a little over the edge. Yeah, like you know. Mar <laughs> Marshawn know how to take it right there and keep it playful so he don't really get nothing happening. You know, Marcus will run up in the stands on you. You know? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I certainly – I've been a fan. Like I said, I've been following you for years on Twitter. We always had little side conversations, man. I appreciate you. And uh, it meant a lot to me as a fan of – you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you be fans and then the business is crazy. They go to another team, but – you know what I'm saying, man. You 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 uh you stay true to Kansas City, man. You always supported the team and the city and the fans. You show us mad love on uh Twitter. You be clapping back at some people, which is always hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got somebody last week you had me dying, bro. Like and you, know, you be having to sometime. Hey, people get on there talking that nonsense, man. We all people, right? I don't identify as a former NFL player, I'm just me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I operate like everybody else like that too, right? And people right. are getting on there talking crazy like, bro, I'm a regular person just like you. I got jokes and shit too. You know, I yeah. just say something back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. I ain't no yeah, you, you, you got somebody good last week. I can't remember the exact tweet. But, yeah. But, uh, man, like I said, bro, you always show love. You are one of my favorite players, bro. And I appreciate you for doing this for us. And, and, and talking and sharing game, bro, you showed a lot of gems today, man, a lot of knowledge. 
about the game, bro. We certainly appreciate you. Um, Chuck, what you want to say, man? Yeah, real quick though, before we let you go, I got two more questions for you, dog. I want to talk. Yes. I want to ask you about Madden or whatever. I don't know if you played Madden still or not. I mean, we got the news about Patrick Mahomes being on the cover with Tom Brady. Now, during your playing days with the Chiefs, who on the team you feel like should have been on the Madden cover? On our team? Yeah. When you when you was playing with the Chiefs, uh, Larry. I mean, Larry was the one that had he he had a, the type of season that would go on the cover of Madden. You know what I mean? Like that was a that's the type of season where you get on there. And unfortunately, our team wasn't you know you know all great. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's the type of numbers. You know, it's supposed to be extraordinary, and that's the type of numbers you're supposed to have. But uh, Larry, you know, rushing for all them yards with all them carries. I mean, man, that that was that was big. You know, yeah, I know I, he had some other he had some other issues off the field, you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about peer right. I'm talking about peer performance on the field who had right. done something like you know like that. Uh he was the one. But then, you know, Jamal Charles did later on, you know, it's just I wasn't there for the whole bulk of his. I saw it coming, you know what I'm saying? But you know, but him as well though, you know, um the things he did. Uh, and I played with both of them. So, I, yeah, I would definitely say, you know, those two dudes. Yeah. For sure. And my last question, uh, with UCLA, uh, you seen the basketball team, they got back to the Final Four for the first time in I don't know how long. So, how did it feel to watch that go down this year with the UCLA basketball team to get back to prominence? Man, it felt, it felt great because it, it felt like it was it's a year early. We going to Jordan next year. You know right. what I mean? So we got we got UCLA, we got a little palm trees and stuff. You know what I mean? We got Jordan <laughs> now. What Jordan gonna do with them colors? Oh man, we finna be <laughs> hey, the ones that don't go straight to the NBA when they change that rules, they gonna be they gonna be at UCLA. I think we're gonna be all right, man. Hey, getting Jordan was big. Getting Jordan was big. That's gonna be big, man. That's gonna be big for all the major sports. Yeah, them PE's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I was trying not to look at that background, bro. Like, I'm hella jealous. <laughs> I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> but, uh, yo, man, we definitely appreciate you coming on. We definitely want to invite you back on because you got to touch on that Todd Haley situation. Oh, yeah, yeah I ain't tripping. Yeah, I ain't tripping. Yeah, I ain't you got to touch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know he was. Yeah, we can say some things about that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because, you know, fans and stuff had got mad at me for the thing. I'm like, y'all don't know this dude. Y'all really don't. Like, if y'all reasonable people, y'all wouldn't like this brother right here. Y'all won't like this dude right here. If y'all reasonable person, you won't like this dude. But, you know, I think everybody kind of end up seeing that, right? That's why it ain't That's why it ain't work out, you know. I, I still don't get the Derrick Johnson thing. I still don't get it. I, right. I still don't know what he was doing with that. You know what I'm saying? But we don't hear yeah, stories. We don't hear stories about Ty Haley, bro. We, we understand. We don't hear enough stories about Ty Haley. So we, we ain't never heard it from somebody that was there, though, in the middle of it. Like, for real, for real. You know, we never heard rumors and stuff. We, we want a guy that was I mean, in the car that really know what he's talking know, about. It, it, it was like everybody kind of figured out. That's why he ended up being out of there. You know, it, it just. Certain styles don't work with grown men. Facts. You know, certain certain style. 
really certain styles don't work with young men and, and kids either, but people still get away with it. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just you really don't get away with it though when you try it with grown men. You know, it, it'll end up it'll end up being a problem. You know, and so you know that's how I was. You know, he's a wild <laughs> dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chuck, take us out, man. But yeah, Jerry, thanks again for hopping on with us, man. Um, you know, like Country said, we'd love to have you back, man. You family here, so. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Is it Jared or is it Gerard? No, it's Jared. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, cool. Nah, Sometimes they call you Gerard Page. I done heard that plenty of times. Yeah, yeah I, done, I done been called that my whole life. It's wrong. It's been, <laughs> been wrong my whole life. It's cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode, man. Um, on the merchandise, we, we almost got that set and ready to go, people. Um, you know, hopefully everything get done by this weekend. Uh, we'll launch it for everybody to get the merchandise with the T-shirts and stickers and everything. So um, till the next episode, we are out of here, y'all. Shout out to the Bay. Shout out to the <laughs> Bay. <Rest laughs> <in the laughs> <back and train. laughs> Yo.